Welcome to the podcast for Resurrection Lutheran Church in Fredericksburg, Texas. I'm Pastor Garrett Buvinghausen. Today is July the 30th, Thursday, July 30th, 2020. We are preparing for the coming Sunday, which will be the 8th Sunday after Trinity. And this year that falls on August 2nd. But we'll be looking forward to... um, the propers for the day, that's just the texts for the day, the Old Testament, New Testament, Gospel text we will be taking a peek at. I'm going to try to keep this a little bit shorter than I usually have it. Um, I know I get a little long-winded and I get a little um, carried away with some things, but I'm going to try to keep this to about 30 minutes. So if we're going to do that, we're going to dive in right now. Uh, We'll begin with prayer. It's the collect for this coming Sunday. So let us pray. Grant to us, Lord, the Spirit to think and do always such things as are right, that we who cannot do anything that is good without you may be enabled by you to live according to your will. Through Jesus Christ, your Son, our Lord, who lives and reigns with you in the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. So we are going to be going through these pretty quickly here, um, just giving you the basic overview of the text, what to look for, what to be aware of um, in the historic one-year lectionary for this Sunday. So we'll begin with our gospel text, which all the other texts revolve around um, pretty well, actually. Um, the gospel text for this Sunday is Matthew chapter 7, verses 15 through 23. Jesus said, Beware of false prophets who come to you in sheep's clothing, but inwardly are ravenous wolves. You will recognize them by their fruits. Are grapes gathered from thorn bushes or figs from thistles? So every healthy tree bears good fruit, but the diseased tree bears bad fruit. A healthy tree cannot bear bad fruit, nor can a diseased tree bear good fruit. Every tree that does not bear good fruit is cut down and thrown into the fire. Thus, you will recognize them by their fruits. Not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom of heaven, but the one who does the will of my Father who is in heaven. On that day, many will say to me, Lord, Lord, did we not prophesy in your name and cast out demons in your name? And do, mighty, and do many mighty works in your name? And then I will declare to them, I never knew you. Depart from me, you workers of lawlessness. This is the gospel of the Lord. Praise be to thee, O Christ. Again, another one of those fairly harsh um, gospel texts where when you hear it, you go, is that gospel? I don't know. It's kind of hard to say. Well, there is some harsh words here, and something we need to keep in mind here uh, that we'll see going throughout these texts for this Sunday is that there's a stern warning here. There's two parts of this text here that that we're going to get into briefly here, that there are two parts of this. Jesus is warning us of false prophets, uh, and and a prophet is not... I'll tell you what it is. A, A prophet, in the most basic sense of the word, is a preacher, Someone who proclaims the will of God, the word of God, right? 
Now, there's the prophecies that have been given to people such as Isaiah, um, Ezekiel, Daniel, uh, David, um, Elijah, and things like, and people like that, where they have been given this word of God to proclaim to the people. And typically, prophets are there to call to repentance. But we're seeing it, we're going to see what false prophets are on this Sunday which makes it very um, uncomfortable on some level for me as a pastor, for one who fills this prophetic office, not as someone who is um, coming up with new prophecy, as some in the evangelical world do, um, especially televangelists and things like that. They'll they'll come up with these prophecies of what's to come. Um, but to be a prophet in the sense that you have been given the Word of God in Scripture and you are called upon to proclaim that word to the people for their um, penitence, for their repentance, and for the forgiveness of their sins, right? So here Jesus is warning us of, one, false prophets, and then he's also warning um, about the danger of being um, false sons of God, okay? So this is something that we need to be paying attention to, and, and it's and it's uh, it's for both pastors and for lay people. This is for all of us that false prophets um, will come to you in sheep's clothing, but but inwardly are ravenous wolves. This is where we get the wolf in sheep's clothing, right? And how do you know that this person is a false prophet? Jesus says, you will recognize them by their fruits, right? And he likens it to, you know, are grapes gathered from thorn bushes or figs from thistles? So every healthy tree bears good fruit, but the diseased tree bears bad fruit. A healthy tree cannot bear bad fruit, nor can a diseased tree bear good fruit. Every tree that does not bear good fruit is cut down and thrown into the fire. Thus you will recognize them by their fruits. So we see here that um, the way that you judge a false prophet is by what they teach, the doctrine that they are espousing with their preaching, right? So on one hand, uh, as Lutherans, we we hold this doctrine to be in very high regard. We look at what people preach, what people believe. Uh, doctrine basically just means teaching, right? Um, I have a book on my desk here, uh, by St. Augustine of Hippo, and um, when I bought it, I really was trying to find the copy that says, On Christian Doctrine, but the only one I could find is On Christian Teaching. It's a more modern translation, but doctrine is teaching, right? Sometimes we hear these older words like doctrine, and we say, oh, that's a church word. <laughs> okay, fine, we'll, we'll use the word teaching then. That makes you a little more comfortable. But basically, there's this other idea in various circles that we shouldn't get so caught up on pure doctrine, as if pure doctrine is not even attainable. But it is. I mean, we have the pure doctrine. Um, it's laid out in Scripture, and all we have to do is stick to it, which is easier said than done. But in order to find out and sniff out, if you will, false prophets, you have to pay attention to what a preacher says about Christ, uh, what a preacher says about forgiveness, and just basic doctrine. 
and even more elaborate uh, doctrines uh, elaborated from the basic tenets of the faith, right? So for us, we would look at the Pope and say, well, um, what is he saying, right? What is the Pope saying? And um, in some senses, uh, certain Popes are easier to call out than others. Uh, Pope Francis has has um, some glaring issues going on. But it's it's not about uh, the service that he does, because he does a lot of good good works in a sense. He, he uh, The Pope tra- traditionally washes people's feet on Maundy Thursday, I think. But we don't look at that. We look at what he says, right? And what he says is still in line with uh, teachings that are against Christ, in a way. Um, and we look at this and we say, yep, the Pope is a false prophet. Now, everyone who's Roman Catholic out there, um, well, on some level, it, it's hard to say these things without stepping on toes, right? But, but that's what Jesus does. He steps on toes for the sake of our conscience, for the sake of us understanding what pure teaching is, what pure doctrine is. And when we hear bad doctrine, false doctrine, errors in teaching, we have to call them out because that is the loving thing to do. Now, we would hold that the Pope is a false prophet, right? He preaches things that are contrary to God's word. Um, The list is uh, extensive and we cannot get into it all right now. But then for us Protestants, or sorry, for all those out there, <laughs> Lutherans aren't, aren't really Protestants. Um, for those of the Protestant ilk, for those of the non-Roman Catholic type, you may look and say, well, of course, we, we, we disagree with the Pope. We would say that he's you know, a false prophet. But then, then that's where this is where we kind of... Um, this is where we upset the Baptists and <laughs> Methodists and other mainline uh, conservative Christians, where we say, now let's take a look at Billy Graham. Right now, Billy Graham outwardly he is a uh, he is a very nice person. Um, he was he was uh, he certainly preached the gospel. He certainly um, preached Jesus Christ to people. Yet when we ask, if we were to ask Billy Graham. God rest him, uh, if we were to ask him what he believed about holy baptism, well, he would contradict Scripture. He would not believe that baptism saves. I mean, it's, it's clear, uh, based on the uh, Baptist church that he belonged to, right? Um, Baptists doctrinally do not agree with us on holy baptism. But it's not just because we're Lutherans. It's because that's what Scripture says, that baptism now saves you, 1 Peter 3.21, um, and, and other issues, Titus 3.5. There's, there's other, you know, Romans 6, come on now. There's, there's so many different indications of baptism saving that we would say, hey, you don't say this about baptism? You don't say this about the Lord's Supper, that Jesus said, this is my body, or this is the blood of my new covenant? He doesn't say it represents. He says it is. We'd say, okay, as nice of a person as you were, Billy, um, and to an extent, Franklin Graham um, and Charles Stanley and all these other uh, well-known um, conservative fundamental fundamentalist uh, Christians, we would say, well, you're a false prophet, right? 
you're not adhering to the full counsel and full weight of God. So this is getting sticky right here, right? We're getting into the part where um, if you don't hold the um, understanding of the scriptures, uh, if you don't hold the pure doctrine, which is a thing and can be held to, we Lutherans do it, and 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 anyone who, you know, holds to that doctrine, we would be in fellowship with, right? It's it's really fairly simple. Um, that if you go against this pure doctrine as laid out in the scriptures, and you preach this, you preach this false doctrine, this error, you're a false prophet. Um. Now that's not to say that the Lutherans have the best preachers. There's not. That's not to say that every Lutheran preacher is always going to be preaching um, 100% pure doctrine. Because we're human, we are sinners, and we err. You know, or we err, however you want to say it. The e r r. We we err because we are sinners, and there are sometimes things that we're going to say that may may not la- line up um, as they should. But we ought to be humble in um, realizing that we can fall prey to this same sort of trap, as small as it may be, we may fall prey to it, and we have to be ever vigilant as a result. Now, on the other side of it, from the false prophets, now there's the other side on the the second half of this um, passage from Matthew 7. There's a warning for everyone, the danger of being a false son, right? A false Christian that um, Jesus says, not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom of heaven, but the one who does the will of my Father who is in heaven. So there's this understanding that um, paying lip service to Jesus is not enough, that here we see this understanding of good works are necessary, not for salvation, but as a proof, in a way, of your faith. And and, and I had a conversation with one of our members because I, I, I had preached on that, or I had mentioned that in a sermon one time, that good works are necessary. And that's exactly what the um, Lutheran confessions say. Good works are necessary, right? We would not, we, we would have to explain that that we would have to make sure we say good works are not necessary for salvation, but faith requires good works, right? Without good works, faith is dead. And he made a good distinction. He said, um, I would probably say, you know, good works are expected. Yeah, that's a, that's a really good way to put it. Good works are expected, yet we shouldn't look to those good works as being the things that gain us favor in God's eyes. That's why you see in this last part here, the part where um, not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom of heaven, but the one who does the will of my Father who is in heaven. On that day, many will say to me, Lord, Lord, did we not prophesy in your name and cast out demons in your name and do many mighty works in your name? And then I will declare to them, I never knew you. Depart from me, you workers of lawlessness." This is all about the faith that goes into what it means, the faith that saves, right? Grace, we are saved by God's grace alone, through faith alone, in Christ alone, right? Um, where we see these things, um, that faith and good works go hand in hand, right? They are together. But we cannot, once we start to separate faith from good works, we get a problem. 
and the same thing, good works from faith, you separate good works out of faith and, and you have a problem there too, because it's a disconnect that there's this understanding that when you are made a new creation in Christ, you automatically ought to be bearing good fruit. And the tree doesn't try to bear good fruit. It just happens, right? Um, and that and that includes repentance uh, and the forgiveness of sins, that even coming to confession and absolution is a good work because it is a fruit of repentance. You are coming and you are seeking absolution. You are confessing your sins. You are showing repentance by confessing and by turning away from that sin, right? A lot of stuff here, a lot of stuff to get to, but there's this general understanding that um, good works are the evidence of faith, and yet good works without faith are equally damning, right? And it's the same thing. You you notice the person, you can, you can see someone and what they believe based on what they do, right? That's not to say that sanctification is all about the outward doing, right? Um, you can't have sanctification without justification. In order to do God's will as he would have us do it, we must be justified by faith, uh, justified by grace through faith in before the eyes of God. And that's only by the faith that is granted us by the power of the Holy Spirit, and that is only in Christ who died for our sins, right? These things are all connected and intermingling together that you can't really have one without the other, right? Now let's move on. Uh, we're running a little over time still, thank goodness. But we'll see how these other texts really speak to the gospel text of uh, false prophets and the warning of being um, bearing bad fruit as a believer. Uh, the Old Testament lesson is from uh, Jeremiah chapter 23, verses 16 through 19, sorry, 16 through 29. I'll try to get this through this pretty, pretty quick. Um, Thus says the Lord of hosts, do not listen to the words of the prophets who prophesy to you, filling you with vain hopes. They speak visions of their own minds, not from the mouth of the Lord. They say continually to those who despise the word of the Lord, it shall be well with you. And to everyone who stubbornly follows his own heart, they say, no disaster shall come upon you. For who among them has stood in the counsel of the Lord to see and to hear his word? Or who has paid attention to his word and listened? Behold the storm of the Lord. Wrath has gone forth, a whirling tempest. It will burst upon the head of the wicked." The anger of the Lord will not turn back until he has executed and accomplished the intents of his heart. In the latter days, you will understand it clearly. I did not send the prophets, yet they ran. I did not speak to them, yet they prophesied. But if they had stood in my counsel, then they would have proclaimed my words to my people, and they would have turned them from their evil way and from the evil of their deeds." Am I a God at hand, declares the Lord, and not a God afar off? Can a man hide himself in secret places so that I cannot see him, declares the Lord? Do I not fill heaven and earth, declares the Lord? I have heard what the prophets have said who prophesy lies in my name, saying, I have dreamed, I have dreamed. How long shall there be lies in the heart of the prophets who prophesy lies and who prophesy the deceit of their own heart? who think to make my people forget my name by their dreams that they tell one another, even as their fathers forgot my name for Baal, 
Let the prophet who has a dream tell the dream, but let him who has my word speak my word faithfully. What has straw in common with wheat, declares the Lord. Is not my word like fire, declares the Lord, and like a hammer that breaks the rock in pieces? This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. You probably heard throughout there all these different examples of a false prophet, right? Someone who tells us exactly what we need, what what we want to hear, not need to hear, what we want to hear. Um, it's very dangerous. False prophets are dangerous because they're so enticing because they tell us what we want to hear. We want to hear these things like it's going to be okay. You're going to be happy. You're going to be healthy. You're going to be wealthy. This sounds a lot like people like Joel Osteen, which, you know, I've kept out from using <clears throat> as an example of a false prophet because he's just too easy. You know, he's low-hanging fruit, pardon the pun. You know, you get to uh, Joel Osteen and you see these, um, it's, it's just so easy to see. You're in your best life now. Um, and what he preaches and teaches is false because it does not embrace the cross of Christ. It does not talk about the forgiveness of sins by the blood of Christ. He obviously, you know, there's no sacraments at all in their church. I don't even know if they baptize people there. They probably do, but, uh, you know, it, that's even the way they teach about that is is flawed in itself. So you see that's low-hanging fruit. What you need to really watch out for, you know, people fall prey to people like um, Joel Osteen and Joyce Meyer and things like that. But what you really got to watch out for, aside from them, because they're dangerous, you really have to watch out for those pastors that don't have the book deal, the pastors that don't get on satellite radio or TV or things like that, and the pastors who tell you what you want to hear when it comes to things like open communion when it comes to things like the ordination of women, when it comes to things like saying that the word, that the Bible contains the word of God as opposed to that it is the word of God, right? Notice how, how that's, a, that's such a subtle little trick there with um, how the by saying the Bible contains the Word of God, that means I can pick and choose which parts of it contain the Word of God, which is how you get around the issue of women's ordination because you say, well, when Paul said that a woman should not speak, that I, I do not allow a woman to have authority over man, that was just him speaking in his cultural context. Well, maybe, but if you're going to do that to Paul, who was inspired by the Holy Spirit and wrote accordingly then what are you going to do with the rest of Scripture that's inspired? It easily falls apart, right? It easily falls apart. So you got to be careful with these things. You have to watch out. You can say, you know, well, uh, if you say the Bible contains the Word of God, not that it is the Word of God, you start getting into issues where it's like, oh, well, I guess women's ordination is not so bad. Or open communion is not such a big deal, right? We can do what we want with it, right? Um, I guess it's not that big of a deal. Um, you know, Jesus going out and saying, you know, baptize and, and make all, uh, make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, Son, of the Holy Spirit. We, you know, we don't really have to deal with that. We can do what we want on that one, right? And the abuses abound. So you got to watch out for these things. 
and they may be in the most unlikely place, but you got to check the fruit of these people's uh, preachings against what God's Word says. Um, so there's that. If you want more, if you, if you really want to look more and see, you know, Jeremiah, the Lord is speaking through Jeremiah here and saying, you know, um, that there are so many instances at that time where the prophet of God came to preach repentance and call people to repentance. And yet there were other false prophets there who were appealing to false gods, right? And in some ways we have to be careful with that because we say, well, we don't have false gods here, do we? Well, I mean, if we understand uh, that a god is anything that you fear, love, and place your trust in, then we have a lot of different gods in our world these days. And False prophets are among those who say, you can worship how you want on Sunday, and then, you know, do whatever you want throughout the week. You know, we're not going to talk about the, you know, the live-in girlfriend. We're not going to talk about the porn addiction. We're not going to talk about uh, the drug addiction. We're not going to talk about uh, the crass language. We're not going to talk about the anger that you hold against people. We're not going to talk about these things, because you know what? That's your own life. That's your own business. But when, but you know, we just ask that you show up on Sunday, right? Be careful of these things. Um, moving on to our epistle. Actually, it's the New Testament text. It's not an epistle. It's the New Testament text from Acts chapter 20. Sorry, I think the cleaning people are here. Uh, so if you hear some noises in the background, I apologize. Um, Acts chapter 20, verses 27 through 38. Paul said, For I did not shrink from declaring to you the whole counsel of God, Pay careful attention to yourselves and to all the flock in which the Holy Spirit has made you overseers to care for the church of God, which he obtained with his own blood. I know that after my departure, fierce wolves will come in among you, not sparing the flock, and from among your own selves will, will arise men speaking twisted things to draw away the disciples after them. Therefore, be alert, remembering that for three years I did not cease night or day to admonish everyone with tears. And now I commend to you, I commend you to God and to the word of his grace, which is able to build you up and to give you the inheritance among all those who are sanctified. I coveted no one's silver or gold or apparel. You yourselves know that these hands ministered to my necessities and to those who were with me. In all things, I have shown you that by working hard in this way, we must help the weak and remember the words of the Lord Jesus, how he himself said, it is more blessed to give than to receive. And when he had said these things, he knelt down and prayed with them all. And there was much weeping on the part of all. They embraced Paul and kissed him being sorrowful most of all because of the word he had spoken that they would not see his face again and they accompanied him to the ship so we see here an admonishment from the apostle paul in uh, as recorded in the book of acts chapter 20 that he is warning them along with christ to beware of false prophets right to beware of those who would um to be aware of those who would twist the word of God, to be aware of those who um, 
will draw away the disciples after them and their own vain teachings that focus on, on man rather than God. So we have to watch out for these things, be vigilant in these things, um, and use Paul as an example because he holds Christ as his example, right? And that's what a, that's what a father in the faith ought to do is uh, say, you can look to me, um, I'm not going to be perfect, but you can look to me and see what a good model is because I look to Christ as my model, right? And we'll, you know, there's not a whole lot more to say here except, you know, we all have to watch out for ourselves. We all have to be careful in what we are imbibing in terms of what we hear, what we pay attention to. Um, there's a lot of things out there, especially during this pandemic. A lot of different churches have been putting things out. Um, and, you know, some of it's solid preaching. A lot of it's not. Beware what is preached and always check it against the Word of God. I would ask anybody to do that for me too. Am I preaching something that is contrary to the Word of God? I would like to hear someone's point of view on that if I am, if, if they believe that I am. Um, pastors need to be um, humble enough to hear people out. And I tell you what right now, if, if, if you have questions about something your pastor preaches on and it just kind of rubs you the wrong way and you're not quite sure and then you check it out in scripture and say, well, according to this, you know, that's it's a little off, pastor. I don't know a pastor or a genuine pastor um, or really um, a, uh, a true shepherd, I guess you could say. <laughs> I don't know a pastor worth his weight in salt that... or with the salt that um, would shun someone coming to him and saying, I have a question about what you preached about. They would love to talk about it. Most of the time, pastors are, are kind of cooped up in their studies and their, their reading or, or you know maybe talking to someone on the phone or something like that, but to actually have someone pursue them and say, Pastor, can you explain this a little bit better? Can you um, tell me a little bit more about what you mean by this? We would love it. It would make our day, to be honest with you. It would make our day. Um, and you know, any pastor who doesn't enjoy that, well, there, there might be a reason. Maybe it's a rough day. Give them the benefit of the doubt. But if it's a consistent thing, you might have a problem, uh, not to cast aspersions on anybody or anything like that. Anyways, um, that's about it. Uh, I'm keeping this short because, uh, it's been, it's been kind of a long day and those are my thoughts on these things. Uh, this is just a little primer too. I know I get carried away with, uh, um, a lot of these usually, but I'm going to leave it there. Um, God's peace be with you. I hope this has helped you prepare for Sunday, um, the eighth Sunday after Trinity. We're uh, getting into the common season of the church year. Um, sorry for the bangs on the desk there. Um, um, if you have any questions about anything that I've uh, said here today uh, in this podcast episode, please feel free to get in touch with me through our website, uh, resurrectionfbg.org. That's resurrectionfbg.org. And uh, you can find my contact info there. You can leave a comment here in the uh, podcast uh, episode, and we check those things too. So um, God's peace be with you. God bless you. And we will see you next time.